Hi, and welcome to our first official episode of Focused on Forward. We had a little teaser trailer before, and you know we wanted to make sure that you guys understood who we are and what we are and what we're trying to do here. Our genuine hope is that through the course of this podcast that we get to talk to some amazing people who have struggled with amazing things, but who have come out on top, who have battled everything that life has thrown at them, and they're not just a survivor. They're an overcomer. They're somebody who has really just taken hold of this, and they've remained focused on moving forward. Because those stories are inspiring. Those stories help us to navigate our own lives. You see, when we're going through issues and traumas and tribulations, and maybe we can look at what other people have done and draw strength from them. And that's what I'm hoping for out of this, is that uh, as we bring you uh, different interviews and we talk to different folks, that uh, their stories are able to touch you. Uh, and you're able to see uh, the beauty that is their life and what they've gone through and everything else. So, uh, although we don't have somebody to interview today, I did promise you in the last uh, uh, the teaser trailer that I would kind of get into our own story as to what was going on in our life and what was the impetus for us starting this podcast. So today is March 17th, Tuesday, March 17th, 2020. March 27th, 2019, just 10 days away from being a year ago, my daughter, Kendall, was involved in a talent show. My daughter loves to sing, and I might be a little bit biased, but I think my daughter has an amazing voice, an amazing gift to be able to sing. Uh, I wish I had her fearlessness, and I wish that I had her voice, but uh, she does, and I'm so glad that she does. But we, when she performed on March 27th at the talent show, we knew that something wasn't quite right. She wasn't feeling good. She'd been complaining about achy legs and a fever and all those things. And being the dismissive parents that we were, it's not that we were overlooking her or ignoring her, but it was also springtime in Michigan and a lot of kids get head colds and we have allergies in our family and uh, during that time of year, it's not uncommon for head colds to go around. Uh, and so we did our best to just medicate at home and, and give her encouragement to continue on, keep moving forward, that she would be okay. But as she sang that night, it was clear that she just wasn't feeling right. And over the next few days, her symptoms progressed. On March 28th, 29th, uh, we took Kendall across state to visit my in-laws. And it became clear that something was even more wrong because the pain in her legs had now gone to the point where she didn't want to walk. Um, and that was probably the morning of the 31st we realized that this was very much so a problem. Uh, it wasn't just that she was sore legs from having the flu or anything along those lines. We woke up Sunday morning knowing that there was a problem. And so we took her to the emergency room in Grand Rapids, Michigan to the DeVos Children's Hospital. Uh, we were on the other side of the state over by Flint, but uh, knowing the fantastic care that would be given to her at DeVos Children's Hospital, my wife and I made a point of driving her there. Uh, and it's a good thing we did because the doctor that we talked to there told us that we would have been transferred there anyway. Uh, Kendall was taken to the ER, we thought, because she had the flu or maybe an aggressive strain of the flu. 
um, because of the pain and everything else. But she was admitted that night to the hospital with a condition called Guillain-Barre syndrome. If you're not familiar with Guillain-Barre syndrome, uh, it's very similar to uh, CIDP and at times can mimic multiple sclerosis or MS. Um, and so it, it's very scary. It, at, for depending on the stage and what type of Guillain-Barre you get, it can, um, it can paralyze the patient. And my daughter spent a good time at the hospital uh, being paralyzed from the neck down. Uh, she had to be put on a food tube to eat. Uh, she had to uh, learn how to walk again. Uh, we were in the hospital with her from April 1st, uh, officially April 1st to July 3rd. Now at the beginning when we first got there, there was issues with tingling and numbness in the hands and the feet. And, um, she wasn't having swallowing issues yet. Um, but things slowly started to progress. She started losing her ability to grab and, and her hands just weren't working the way that she wanted them to. She had tingling and numbness in her feet and that was causing uh, issue as well. And so, you know, we, we were talking with our, with our doctors and come to find out she has a, a variant of Guillain-Barre called Miller-Fisher variant, which uh, a, addresses the gait in which somebody walks. It affects the eyesight. And these were all things that we were seeing more and more prominently with her. We spent a couple weeks there. I think just under two weeks. I think it was about 11 or 12 days uh, at DeVos Children's Hospital. And it was transferred to a local recovery hospital called Mary Freebed. Uh, another amazing place with amazing nurses and doctors. And I, I can't go on to say enough good things about doctors and nurses at both of these facilities. And I am uh, eternally uh, in their debt for the hard work that these men and women uh, put forth uh, for my family uh, and for my daughter. But as we were there for a little while, uh, as it does, the disease progressed and Kendall began to have issues with swallowing. And she had issues to the point where she uh, accidentally swallowed some watermelon and it went into her lungs. And because of that, uh, we had to get rushed to the ICU, back to uh, DeVos for our first trip back to the ICU. And we had to deal with that and uh, try and help her get back we were in there for about another two weeks and then we went back to DeVos uh, from DeVos back to Mary Freebed and then we ended up having to go back again um, because Kendall developed an infection in her lung uh, which caused her to have to have her lung punctured uh, fluid drained out of her lung um, and the medicines that they gave her at that time also did some damage to her kidneys so there was all kinds of issues that were going on. She wasn't, she was paralyzed from the neck down. She wasn't able to swallow. She was, had this infection. She couldn't walk. Um, and now we had kidney issues uh, to boot on top of it. So she had to go through uh, intravenous treatments uh, for um, her antibodies to try and help her body fight what was going on. She had to have plasma treatments to help her body. Uh, some a process called plasmapheresis, which is a very intense process, and 
there's a port added to the jugular of the, of the neck. Um, and it was quite, uh, quite a bit to watch. It was quite a bit for her to go through. The one thing I'm very thankful though, is when I talk to my daughter, she tells me that she doesn't remember very much. Now, whether she's just protecting me because she knows I, I struggle with this topic from time to time you know, or not, uh, I'm hoping that she doesn't remember very much of it because it was very emotionally trying for everyone involved. Um, but we spent a couple weeks back there at ICU and then we were transferred back uh, to Mary Freebed again. And uh, this time after coming back uh, we got to stay and Kendall started showing signs of improvement. She started uh, being able to exercise uh, where she wasn't able to do much with the physical therapist before. She was able to sit up now and she was able to move her arms and legs. And we met a, a gentleman in there in one day, uh, and I'm not going to use his name, uh, but he was an older gentleman who's a teacher uh, from the Thumb area of Michigan and uh, a very kind man. Uh, he was a 7th grade teacher, and he was going through uh, dealing with Guillain-Barre himself. And so we kind of became GB buddies, as we like to call it. Uh, he and Kendall had someone to compare notes with as to what they were going through and how they were dealing with it and what was going on. And uh, uh, he had gotten to a point where he was able to use his hands again, and he was a guitar player. Kendall was able to use her voice again, and she was starting to sing. So they would play together. He would play the guitar, uh, started off with just some simple songs, but they progressed as he got more use of his hands and she got more use of her lungs. Uh, they were quite the proficient combo and it was fun to watch them both. They both seemed to uh, enjoy that. But uh, Kendall got to start going into pool therapy and that's really where she took off. She got into the water and it was so much lighter and easier on her body uh, she was able to really take off. But we stayed into the hospital uh, until July 3rd, the day before the July 4th holiday. And on July 3rd, they sent us home. It felt like a million pounds had been lifted off of our shoulders and that we were now able to, to move on beyond this and we were going to be all done and all set. But the truth of it all is that my daughter was coming home with complications. And although we wanted to blindly ignore it and just think that everything was fine now, everything wasn't. My daughter came home in a wheelchair. Although she could walk, it was for short distances. She had a wheelchair and a walker. And we had to be very considerate of what was going on and how much energy she was uh, extolling uh, as she went along. We come to find out that uh, stamina was not going to be her friend. She struggled very mightily with stamina. She struggled with walking from one side of the house to the other without becoming tired. And there was all these different things that were starting to affect her that we had to be in recognition of. We called it finding our new normal. And it seemed like every week there was a new normal that needed to be found. There was something else that we had to adjust so that we could let my then 12-year-old, now 13-year-old daughter, be a kid. Help her to enjoy the things that were going on around her, whether it was uh, finding ways to in 
help her sing and uh, help her to enjoy her friends. Uh, we did that, uh, taking her swimming uh, at the uh, at the lake that we live on, having her friends come over and go swimming with her. Uh, whether it was uh, the new puppy that we had just gotten her, uh, we got her a, a puppy while we, she was in the hospital. Uh, so she would have somebody to come home to and spend time with and cuddle with. And uh, that dog's name is Toast. She's a little corgi. And she has been a tremendous help for all of us. She's very much a cuddler and a lover. And, and she just knows when Kendall's struggling and having a bad day. And it's, it's amazing to me how much she's able to recognize the issues that Kendall has. Um... But she does, and she gets right up in there, and she makes sure that Kendall knows that she's loved. But when we look at it, the things that we've had to do uh, since we've come home, we've had to make adjustments in our lives. We've had to make tweaks to what we do. We uh, tried the public school route for a while. Well, public school didn't end up being a viable option because she couldn't make it much past noon. So we had to adjust, and now she's homeschooled. Um, which with it being March 2020, and with the issue of the coronavirus going around, I'm so very glad that she is home because she has now a compromised autoimmune uh, system. And that autoimmune disease that she has, Guillain-Barre, is always going to be with her. It's always going to affect her. And so to some degree, the things that we've gone through over the, the nearly the last year of trying to adjust and find her new normal is training for the rest of her life because she's always going to have to find her new normal because as she develops, we're, we're finding that she still doesn't have stamina, that she still doesn't have the ability to go out and do the things that a normal 13-year-old kid would do. She can do it, but only for a couple minutes. And so we're excited to see how she progresses uh, in this because we have seen progress, lots of progress, uh, exciting progress. Um, running isn't her thing, but she can fast walk. We'll take it. She uh, may not be able to go shopping for hours, but my daughter loves to thrift shop and she can do it for a little bit. You see, we, we found that if we do these things, the things that we involve her with, we just have to maybe be a little bit more moderate and how we do it or why we do it. We found that uh, for her, it was helpful to have uh, someone that she could talk to. So we got her a therapist, um, someone who might be able to understand a little, maybe a little bit better than mom and dad and how to direct her and, and help her to have a safe place to express the concerns that she feels. Because, you know, as a dad, yeah, I have my concerns and I struggle with things from time to time. Uh, about this, but she needs to be able to have somebody to talk to. And so we found her a cognitive behavior therapist, CBT, and they do so well at helping her to, um, this therapist does so well with helping her to be able to navigate her own issues. But so what we're looking forward to is that all these things that we've done over the last year, we've helped her to try and retrain her focus. You see, because it's easy to sit down and when you're in the middle of an issue and say, this is my life and this is what's going on and this is what I have to deal with. It's difficult to be able to raise your head up and look forward and say, I need to keep pushing forward. But see, that's where the strength is. 
That's where the beauty of life is. We're always going to have something thrown at us. And that's what we've tried to encourage our daughter with knowing is that somewhere in life, you're always going to have something thrown at you. It's not, not always going to be easy. There's going to be trials and tribulations and issues every step of the way. Especially for someone who's dealing with an autoimmune uh, deficiency where it saps their strength and their stamina and their energy. Uh, they're going to have a few more challenges in life and a few more issues where they're going to have to step up and, and maybe navigate their way around things. But see, we're hoping that this year of life is good training for moving forward. You see, because we never let any of us, maybe for a day we did, we always said you're allowed one day of pity, but the next day when the sun comes up, we have to stand up, we have to put one foot in front of the other, and we have to keep moving forward. You see, if we don't stay focused on forward, uh, it's real easy to stay where we're at. And not saying that that's going to be the, the end all for whatever she has to go through in life. But sometimes situations in life become a little easier to focus on when we break them down into small pieces and parts instead of looking at the whole. When we look at ways that we can move forward and take care of this one step at a time. You see? And so that's what we've tried to help Kendall with over the last year. And uh, I think that she's done it in a lot of ways. Matter of fact, uh, just recently she was able to participate uh, in a, a fundraiser event for DeVos Children's Hospital. Uh, her and a few other children were invited to come on stage and perform, uh, noted as their miracle kids. And Kendall was very happy to participate in this. Uh, DeVos did a great amount of work for my family. Uh, Mary Freebed did a great amount of work for my family. But to watch my daughter stand up there and sing in front of this crowded room full of people and to sing so loud and so strong and so beautifully uh, is a testament to the fact that, yeah, you can lay there. You can feel sorry for yourself. And for a short time, it's okay to do so. But it's a testament to her and her strength, her willingness, and her wantingness to fight, to keep moving forward, to being focused on forward. And so I'm thankful for that, that she is a fighter and she is driven. And if you ever, ever met Kendall, you know that once she has an idea in between her ears, well, good luck getting it out because that's what she is and that's what she wants to do. Well, that's one part of our story. There's more that can be told and there's more that can be said. But I want you guys to know that it's not always going to be doom and gloom. It's there's, there's rainbows to everything in life. There's a silver lining to everything. Sometimes we have to look a little harder. Sometimes we have to look a little longer. But if we put the effort in and we push forward, we will find our way around it. Sometimes that way around is through talking with other people. Sometimes it's by listening to other people talk. And so, like I said, I hope that you find this podcast helpful. I hope that you find uh, strength in other people's lives and what they've gone through. And if you know someone who would like to be a guest on our podcast, who would like to share their story, uh, I can assure you that we will handle uh, their life and their story with love and care and, delic and uh, uh, delicateness. 
I'm not sure how I should have said that, but I hope you get the, you get the understanding there. Uh, we want people to share their stories in a safe place, and that's what we are going to strive to be. So thanks for listening in. And again, if you like the music that you hear all throughout the background, uh, that is, again, Snowy Forest by Calabastic Village. You can find them on SoundCloud. Uh, their music is amazing. Uh, this particular song uh, I really enjoy, and so we're hoping uh, that Calabastic Village is going to allow us to use it permanently as the background music uh, on our podcast. It's very relaxing, and, and uh, we find it to be very encouraging and kind of fits the vibe of what we're hoping to do here. So thank you very much. This concludes our first initial podcast full episode, and we look forward to bringing you another episode soon. Take care, be kind, love one another.